by Riverside. It's not canon where we lie everywhere in between fact and opinion is where we stand in. And again, I am your co-host. I am Big Chase Bank at your service. And my other counterpart, if he's lying, he's playing. What's up, Brian? How you feeling today? What's going on, baby? Man? How you doing? Hey, man. You know, it's another day, another dollar. And feeling great, feeling good. You know, something about the intro music just, I don't know, just gets you in the zone, makes you feel good, makes you smile. Makes you just want to go outside and take a walk if it's not in, in Chicago and where the weather is crazy. You know, it snowed again two days ago. Yeah. What? Yeah, it snowed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm living in the 70s down here in uh, Hotlanta. So. Yeah, it must be nice. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, thank you, Riverside, just... for your free music. It's wonderful. We appreciate oh, it. Oh, yes, yes. Shout out to you guys. Um <laughs> But we want to thank everybody for your continued support up to this point. This is round number two, episode number two of It's Not Canon. And as one of our signature topics that we are going to cover or we like to cover, it will be themed around some of the comic book content in which we like to either um, debate, discuss, analyze, and the topic of today's discussion is DC domination, quote unquote, or question mark, question mark, question mark. So we will be taking a look at some of the shows and overall success and maybe some letdowns that have um, revolved around the overall DC universe. And will things potentially take a turn for the good in the future as we look at some of the aspects and potential forecomings of what is to come in the future so i know that we did this before and i brought it up a while well probably a few days ago i was speaking with ryan and i just asked him off the top of his head um some of the dc shows if he could name them off the top of his head and honestly you knocked off a lot off the list even on some of the ones that were even listed on the list that i found we don't have to go through all of that today but in retrospect, looking back at that list, were there any shows that you feel as if were timeless out of all the shows that have been released up to this day as of right now? So before we start, yes, I'm married. Um, I have a daughter now as of a couple of days ago. So I'm not one of those geeks in the basement that just have every DC show possible and can tell you the years or anything. I was actually pleasantly surprised by that list um, of what shows I missed and Things that they considered and missed, but I, to answer your question, Chase, I always going to be Batman the Animated Series for me. I grew up in the 90s, so um, Batman the Animated Series is probably going to be... I, don't, I can't imagine another animated comic book show that's out there that's going to go down in history as the best comic book TV show. I mean, Young Justice was giving its money for a minute, but I know we had that conversation that last season just kind of just dragged. Um, Very much. Yeah, so I would say Batman the Animated Series. Um, out of the DC stuff is, I mean, I, I, I would love to see the statistical data 
on after that show being launched and being aired for so long, how many people came from that show into the comic book realms? What was their takes on, uh, on did the movies do better at that point? Because let's face it, at that same time, we had the epic bomb of John uh, of George Clooney. Uh, we had Val Kilmer as Batman at that time. Um, and Michael Keaton, which can't wait for Michael Keaton to be in a Batman suit again. Um, but did, did that help? Because that set a precedent, man. Everyone, think, just, I'm about ready to go on a rant. Think about the sheer fact that the actors that played in that, that show carried over into some of the animated films, carried over into video games, and then they brought in the guy that played Batman to be in their version of Flashpoint in the TV show. And played Kingdom Come Batman. Like that show resonated a broader aspect of what those cartoons should look like. My Agreed. Opinion, of course. Um, for you, what would be the one that sticks out to you? Easily, Batman the Animated Series. It, I don't think there has been another show that I could even recall up off the top of my head where I'm getting home from school, I had a snack, and it's before I have to go complete my homework for the night where the Batman is not on TV. I feel like that was literally a daily thing of do your homework, well, come home, relax from school, Batman's on TV, you watch Batman, and then you go finish off your homework. And on top of that, not to mention, in that show, they introduced... Harley Quinn, which continued to go further, so that should say enough. And not to mention, what, this came out in 1992, so basically for the entire stint of the 90s, they had this entire show on repeat, and I don't know anybody that has not watched it. So, out of all this this list, it is, that would be number one for me. Um, I also feel as if another show that does not get as much recognition and honestly did not um, stand the test, the, the, the test of time is Teen Titans. Just Teen Titans. Not Teen Titans Go, not this new stuff these kids got, but the actual Teen Titans. That show should have went for another at least three seasons. Um, before, yeah, because, you know, you just brought up an interesting point of going back uh, when you would leave from, uh, from school and going home and watching that, ep- uh, that show. And something jogged my memory because my wife and I talked about all these things over time of being together. Batman the Animated Series and Teen Titans was one of those two shows that not only did the boys want to watch, but the girls wanted to watch too. It resonated with both uh, sex or whatever you want to call it at the time in the 90s um, for kids that just everyone talked about it, right? Teen Titans was hoping to be the next Batman the Animated Series, right? They, they didn't they didn't really, like, I don't know if it was because it was on Cartoon Network and it didn't have the access to people that didn't have cable or what. I don't know what their reasoning was because I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you have the facts up there, but Teen Titans only lasted, what, two seasons technically? Uh, looking at the what they have on the internet, it says five. Five, so I don't recall five, but that's what it says. Yeah, neither do I. I know they did that at one point. They, um, yeah, five seasons. Look at that. They brought in the additional Titans from the books, like uh, Masamenos, um, Hotspot, all them. Yeah. So that was. I don't remember ever feeling like it was five seasons. Um, 
not just out of curiosity while we're sitting here talking about it, but how long many series was Batman the Animated Series? Um, so that's two like, seasons. Uh, technically four, because you got to consider the new adventures too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. technically, it's, and also that was nineteen ninety two. How old are you at nineteen uh, ninety two? I was one. <laughs> yeah, right. I was. I was maybe. I was born in eighty six. So I mean, I was at that point where I was probably just starting to conceive what Batman was. Um, but man, you got to think that those are two of the shows that will define two separate generations coming up, and then like Teen Titans, man. That's I think that the premise was good story. Like those two shows had two uh, had good story, and it continued. You would have uh, part ones and part twos of stories in those shows. Superman, the animated series, was also relatively decent because they followed the same stories and as well as the Justice League. We don't want to not give them any credit, but Batman the Animated Series also provided us one of the best Batman films of all time, and that was The Phantom Menace. I, if, you, if, if you rank them, yeah, you're going to probably start with your live-action Batman films, but you cannot deny that Phantom Menace was one of the all-time greatest Batman stories and greatest Batman films of all time. Very solid. Not to mention, just Batman movies in general have... I, I don't know one that... I, don't, I can't recall one that has missed. George Clooney. Okay, well, hold on. Like, I was a fan of the George <laughs> <laughs> I was a 90s baby. So when, when, when you say Batman, that, it's literally the first person to pop up in my head to play Batman. Uh, see, you, honestly, you're, you're showing your age here, sir. <laughs> I felt like he did a really good job with the technology and the forms of film that was out at the time. And not to mention, dude, you had Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, man. Like, I, I, I loved it. I was here for all of it. So I want to cut in right here for the fans. We are starting social media um, over the next couple of days, probably after we launch this, so our social media pages will be up. Please, at all uh, all times, bash Chase Bank here with the sheer fact that George Clooney was the worst Batman of all time with his rubber nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I am now gun-ho to turn on just the social media for the sheer fact that to watch all these bad comments come in. <laughs> Well, you know, I feel like that's highly debatable because uh, who else would you deter as a worst Batman? I could just say Adam West. You're going to call Adam West a bad Batman? Yes. He, George Clooney was better. At least George no, Clooney. No, 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 like, no. no. Oh, <laughs> you're about to cause a fight on the streets. You can't. All right. Here's the difference between Adam West. And this is where people will sit there and go. And this is a huge debate, right? But you can't keep Adam West within that parameter because he's 30 years before the Batman films came out and he was a TV actor. Um, so, let's, let's, well, let's, there before was you get zero. there, because I, I know what your response is going to be, I dare you to go watch any 60s, 1960s action TV, any of it, and don't think it's not campy enough like Adam West is Batman because everything from the 1960s will fall into that realm. And yes, they had shark spray. Yes, I get it. They had whatever they called it. They had the bat copter and everything. I get it. But we're talking a very different Batman character, even in the books, to the Batman characters that you and I are talking about from the 90s. I still disagree, because even if you look at some of these shows, there was some form of 
athleticism or muscle build to some of these characters. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, what, he, what was it? Conan the Barbarian? Was that who he played? Yeah, but we're talking about, like, the 80s. The 80s was a different time. Okay, maybe I'm getting my times mixed up, but it was literally comical for Avernus. Like, there was, was nothing to be scared of. It was so entertainment. I mean, it, it was... We, was it? Yes, and, the, and I'm all with you. I get where you're going with this, but you need to understand it was a form of entertainment. It was not meant to be taking... Batman at the time was not on TV, was not a serious character. You're asking grown adults. You're asking your grandfather in the 1960s, who was a man that was probably in World War II, to sit there and watch a grown man dressed up as Bat on TV, and you expect him to take be serious. That is not going to happen. There's no way you can't be taken serious when your underwear was yellow, you have on a gray sweatsuit, and there's no... Like, dude, I could yeah. see... That. I'm telling you, it was a different time. We're talking, the 80s made the characters edgier, which we enjoy. Go back and look at some of those covers from the 1960s or even the late 1950s of Batman book. You'll sit there and go, if you ever read a Batman book from the 1960s, it is so campy. For us, for you and me who are loving of story arcs, we would sit there and go, this is fucking shit. So. Okay, okay. Well, how about this? The Adventures of Superman came out in the 50s. That was 1952. Yes. At least I can see where they're going with this, because this guy actually, you know, relatively handsome, and he has some, I don't know, is, is that suit have the muscles in it? But needless to say, I could believe at this time that, okay, this is Superman. I could go with that. But you're telling me Adam West in a Batman suit is better than the George Clooney Batman. Hold on. Yeah, you're go ahead, look me. it up. I'll wait, I'll wait, I will. You're wait. telling me that this man right here, for the people that are not going to see this, I just brought up a Google source and brought up a picture of the guy from the 1950s that played Superman. You're talking about this man looks like a Superman to you. That looks like this to you. This reminds you of this. He looks like a better Superman than Adam West looked like as a Batman. Yes. And yes, you know, you can read. <laughs> Goodness, TV was horrible. Yeah, like, we should be just be thankful for what we had instead of fighting over, like, like this is how it looked like on TV for people. It wasn't colored like this. <laughs> uh, and here we are arguing what looks better. Meanwhile, the Supermans and the Batmans now don't even wear their fucking suits technically when they're filming. It's all CGI. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh Um, anyway, (laughs) after that long debate. (laughs) Well, 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 let's let's flip this then. So, we just discussed the the worst Batmans. So, who is your best Batman? Um, that's a very... Good question, and, and and not cartoon, but actual live human. So, this is a I'm controversial on my two choices, I think, and it's because mine are not the most like people don't go for the ones I like. I liked Robert Pattinson's Batman. Okay. And it's be, I think 
people give him like the oh he was emo blah 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 right but mm-hmm. it felt the story was more noir which if they ever anyone ever read the batman noir stuff he was more of a introvert in a way in the books um and more recluse which gives you the noir aspect right i thought he did a wonderful job to portray batman also um the way he looked in suit the the whole movie was good, right? I, I, I got to get the whole movie was credit, right? Disagree. I, I did enjoy his portrayal of Batman. Now, this is where I'm going to piss off a lot of people. I enjoyed Ben Affleck as Batman. Oh. And, <laughs> and here's why. And I told you, I always stick to my, my gun, but uh, here's why. Batman is not just solely Batman to me. Batman is Bruce Wayne. As a, as a kid that grew up as a huge Batman fan, um, and I really was a huge Batman fan up until a couple years ago, um, and my tastes have changed. If we ever do decide to do a live recording of these, you'll notice I have a bunch of Marvel posters hanging up in my, in my office. But the reason why I like um, Ben Affleck as Batman is because the sheer fact that he plays Bruce Wayne as a pompous dick just like Bruce Wayne is in real life, in, in the books. Um, and that one fight scene in the freaking warehouse felt like I was playing Arkham City all over again. Um, I know everyone goes Christian Bale or Michael Keaton. Don't get me wrong, I love Michael Keaton. I think Michael Keaton's fantastic. Um, but I think right now Robin Pattinson's probably my favorite Batman. I hope they continue with with his stories, I think I really like these stories for where they're going. I'm very concerned that I keep on hearing recasting for Batman. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> can't keep on having different Batmans. It's like that we're starting to build up. Uh, we finally get a decent Spider-Man, and we're still trying to find our Batman, apparently. Can, can, can I chime in on that one? Yeah, I got to go for that. <laughs> so, I would say that we are probably looking for another Batman because when it comes to Ben Affleck, I don't know what it is. But he just doesn't look like a Batman to me. It's like, yeah, it, I know. Well, one, not. let's start here. It looked like he he had too many Bat Burgers and Red Robin fries for that entire movie, bro. Like, no, I'm not okay with that. Like, I need my Batman to look somewhat intimidating. Like, there should be a reason why someone fears you. Like, when I looked at him, it's like I feel like I can outrun you with two bad knees. Like, ugh. So. Ugh. so. Okay, so you're saying your Batman needs to be intimidating. Very. But your favorite Batman is George Clooney, who smiles. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I said at the time, <laughs> when I was growing up, that's who I thought of. My favorite right, Batman enough. right now is, I will say Christian Bale. Like, that, that the, the whole Dark Knight series was just absolutely phenomenal for me. And I feel like he checked off all the boxes for me. I even enjoyed the, the, the Batman voice. Like, I'm okay with that. Because if you think about it, it's like billionaire Bruce Wayne walks around normally talking. Cameron's all in his face. If he uses normal voice, wouldn't somebody eventually put two and two together? Like, hmm, that kind of sounds like the guy that goes around and beats up people at night. Like, I think somebody would finally get that. So I, I was a fan of the Batman voice. I'm okay with that. So, I, I don't disagree. Ahead. I think Christian Bell's great. What ruined that for me was number three. I felt like they had different plans with Heath Ledger. Rest in peace. Yeah, and I think they kind of didn't really have an idea where three should go because I felt like three was either just too long, also was not a Batman story. 
um, if you really think about it. It was that person that was supposed to, I guess, become Robin at some point, and or um, a Bane story. It just did not feel like a Batman story. Um, I don't know non credit like credit to Tom Hardy for killing it as a different oh, version absolutely. of Bane. Um, what do you mean? Or I, I mean that voice was kind of crazy, but give him for for what yeah. he got. He got himself in a great shape. He looked fantastic. Um, gave a different presence to Bane. So much, so much different type of presence. They actually wrote that type of version of Bane in the books. Um, but. The only the only aspects I did not like of Christian Bale was his cowl just didn't look right. Like it it was more form to his face, and it just still reminded me of the '90s Batman cowl where there was just no like no structure. That's why I think the new Batman suit, the new Batman car, makes it feel like this is more plausible and can actually happen with Batman versus the stuff that we're used to seeing from the books, which I think is refreshing. Okay, so when you say the Batmobile, are you talking about the one Robert Patterson had? Patterson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, agree, agree. That yeah. that that Batmobile was fire. Continue. That if you looked at his cowl too, it was freaking cool the way they did his cowl. It was very nice. Very it it nice. made it believable that you know there's a guy out here right now, right in this moment, wearing that suit and driving that car and whooping people's ass. Um, that was the first real feeling I had. With, like even the way they had something strapped to his leg, like he needed extra so, somewhere to put something, so he strapped an extra utility belt to his leg. Like those things just that resonates more for the realistic side of things, and that's what I always look for with comic books now. Is looking for the more realistic. Like I'm past the fantasy point of my life. I want to see more realistic aspects to this. Marvel films have always been great at that. I think that's where our miss is with DC on a lot of their stuff. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And just to also give Robert Patterson his flowers with that. It's like, I feel like I got an actual modern age Batman because granted, like, you know, we've always seen the belt and like all the tips and tricks you can really have mm-hmm. on the belt. But I felt like he put his full suit in use for that for that entire movie. Like, what else can I store here? Where can I put here? Yeah. What, you know, like, what else can my cape be utilized for? You know, it was on full display. And yep. Honestly, you get to see him do a lot of fighting, and he took a lot of hits. So, like, you saw him portray a superhero, but he really wasn't, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. He was still learning. Like, I, I'm excited. I know they're doing a two, so I'm looking forward to... Um, I'm looking forward to the fact of what that's going to look like for the second story. And, side note, the fact that Colin Farrell is going to get his own Penguin movie, I am mm-hmm. all for that. I, oh is it a movie or are they going to just put it on Max and make it a TV show? You know what? If you're going to ask me, I would prefer a show. Mm-hmm. I, think I would like a show. Possible. Giving him a movie, you're asking too much, and then we're back to square one with DC again when they want to bombs. I mean, you, that's a very niche character. He did a wonderful job, but I think pushing it as a movie you're you're roughing around the edges there it's not like the joker uh, uh, agree like you can do so much with the joker it's ridiculous mm-hmm. if your mind is just there and oh, man it's it's the joker speaking of the joker heath ledger is going to give you again all your respect you were the best joker i've ever seen in my life uh, people can have their own opinion but to me heath ledger is the joker yep Fact. but side note <clears throat> 
Um, that would also bring me to my other topic that I kind of wanted to transition to of saying, and we're going to stick live action shows with this one. What between the live action shows that DC have now, what separates the good ones from the bad ones? We don't have to go through all the bad ones because they're, you know, it might be more to name a few based off of opinion, but the good ones, let's start with the good ones. What do you consider the good ones? Doom Patrol. Okay. Even though, so COVID kind of hurt the new shows that were coming out. Um, you can you can obviously tell the way they had to film things or made things a little bit more long, felt longer than necessary just to cop, uh, capture the story. But Doom Patrol, uh-huh. one of the best shows that they ever put out. Um, I would say Swamp Thing would have been really good if they kept it going. Um, That it, I got nothing else for that one. That, that that's literally like I am not a fan at all of. I watched Arrow. I watched Flash up to a certain point. I never watched Supergirl. I never watched Legends of Tomorrow. I never. I watched Titans. I just I couldn't buy the CGI with Titans. Like you have Starfire walking instead of flying. <laughs> Beast Boy only has the ability to change into one animal at a time in the first, like, two seasons, and it's a freaking tiger. It was awful. <laughs> it, it just, it, I, I had such high hopes for that show, and it just did not carry what I was expecting it to carry, and then they messed up the Red Hood, in my opinion, and that storyline. Um... Yeah, I I'm, have not been a fan of anything DC has put out on a live-action television show. Okay, um, did you, were you ever a fan of Black Lightning? Never watched it. Never <laughs> watched it. Jessica's a huge fan of this show. <laughs> like, she uh, swears by it. Like, yeah, I never watched it. I heard it was really good. In comparison to some people that have watched that and Luke Cage, they preferred uh, Black Lightning over Luke Cage. Okay, so when it comes to like shows or superheroes, period, the thing I look for is if it is a hero that wants to remain anonymous, what are you doing to make sure you stay anonymous? Because I, you know, I did watch. A few, I, okay, I watched like a season or two with Jess because she always had it on, so I was just sitting there watching. And it was one of the things of saying, okay, what are you doing to remain anonymous? The only thing you have is just like this, basically the glasses that cover your nose and the rest of your face is exposed. So I just, I had to keep telling myself, okay, it's a show. There's no possible, I have to keep living in the realm of saying no one is going to recognize who this man is, even though there's nothing different he does to his hair, his voice. I mean, he does that little thing with his voice, but as a normal person, if I'm going to watch you fight crime and turn around, I just so happen to find you at a school being a principal, I can put two and two together. But that that was one thing I had as kind of a letdown of saying like, Let's make them have distinctive things that do not make them recognizable to the natural eye because I'm not stupid. Jesus Christ. You know what's funny is that you bring that up and that's like every Robin. <laughs> every Superman. Like he's Come on, man. Like dude, we just we just ruined all of DC's premise, but in your same fashion, think about I don't know if you watched Arrow or Flash, but 
they he was they were just both of them throwing their identity out there left and right. Think about okay, wait, wait, hold on. Here's my thing about Flash and Arrow. Flash supposedly you're supposed to be so fast nobody can see you. Like right. you should be able to vibrate your face that right. literally no one can see it. And the thing about Arrow, he has this like Assassin Creed, you know. Robin, you know, Archer guy thing going on. So essentially, no one should really see you because if you're going to play this assassin, you know, Archer role, no one should really see you. If they do see you, yeah, that, that should mean you suck. But that 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 was my take on that. Also, I'm trying to find... I, I was never a fan... So I'm not a fan of the sheer fact that at some point they decided that, hey, this is a great idea. We're going to have a show called Green Arrow. We're going to do a whole show around him being a hero. Okay, anyone ever read a Green Arrow book before? No. Okay, so we're going to make him like Batman. He's going to travel through everything at night, and he's going to have all his D-list and C-list uh, villains because we never read a Green Arrow book to realize he has quick wit, and he has sidekicks that are probably better than him, and he's the only thing. Like, I felt like Stephen O'Mell was standing on the sideline going, guys, um, my character doesn't do that. Have you not picked up a Green Arrow book? Like I, there was no point in that show that I felt like this was a a a moment of like there was no long beard there was no crazy hat his outfit never really looked like a green arrow outfit not even the new fifty two outfit looked like that like it it's painful when Green Arrow was one of my favorites next to Batman just because of his quick wit and the way he would just be considered uh-huh. um. Here, I want to bring up this so you can see it. Um, did you ever know the series um, Brightest Day? That's part of the Blackest Night stuff. I had that. So during that epic storyline, um, they changed his outfit, and this is what he looked like. And this is what they kind of followed suit with with the show. Yeah. But do you see the difference with the long hair, the beard, the different type of clothing? He went. They went straight leather. They all he said is like, "Oh, he had a hood and a mask." Well. That's what. That's all that matters to Green Arrow. No, that's he, not. He did kind of have like an elf looking hat. He did. Have yeah, he hat. had the elf looking hat. It's the beard that makes Oliver Queen Oliver Queen. I. It's just. Also, again, back to your premise of, in any comic book in Marvel, if this was what you're holding, so no one recognized you, no one's gonna realize the blonde hair and the beard. <laughs> so. It's a damn yeah. giveaway. Yeah, so that that's the one thing I, I completely agree with DC is they, they use these small masks here and, and it just does it no good. Yeah, I, and I feel like if you're going to be a superhero, be a superhero. Like If you're going to hide it, hide it. Like Don't sit in between of there's no possible way anybody could depict who I am even though I have, I don't know, 12-inch long locks, uh, a, a, a distinctive voice. And I have one gold tooth. There's no possible way anybody could figure out who I am. It just literally makes no sense. Even if they were to do this, at least make your beard detachable. That's the bare minimum. Right. <laughs> right. I will take that. But um, let's talk about a show that we are both a massive, massive fan of. Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hate to sound a little cliche, but go ahead and talk about everything that you loved about Peacemaker. <laughs> so Peacemaker for for fans of DC they're going to know that Peacemaker was a relatively no, unknown character and we all know James Gunn likes to take anything that's relatively unknown and make it a hit um, 
and then depending on the company they will try to reproduce that in their books and try to make it relevant again dc is never good at doing that so if you guys are waiting for a peacemaker book to be successful my prayers are with you um but uh peacemaker just everything story man you gotta give me a good story to stick with and as a wrestling fan um Growing up in the 90s and into the 2000s, getting into wrestling, John Cena was the guy, and everyone thought, oh, he ain't going to make it into acting. And I literally, I think I said to you, uh, <laughs> I said to you within, uh, what was it, like episode four or five, in, there was a scene that caught me off guard by his performance. I'm sitting there like, this man needs to do some freaking drama work because he has the chops to do it. And he, again, took a character... And had really just a small premise to follow based off of the books and made it something through the Suicide Squad to make it a standout character. Um, which I think means a lot, especially since they screwed up the original Suicide Squad. The second one was a lot better. So, yeah, I am, I'm all for uh, season two uh, of, of that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it will be, I think season two will be one of the better things that they'll produce right off the bat with James Gunn in charge. And I definitely don't disagree with that. Taking a look at Peacemaker, man, the intro alone is what gives you captivated. Like if you could find or have an intro where you don't want to skip it and you're okay with watching Mm -hmm. it, then that alone just says, okay, there's something unique about your show. Yep. You know, and I felt like John Cena had an input, and it you you could see that it was great connection between him writing and Desire Director, that everything literally, it just, it was like a Tetris fit. It was perfect, mm-hmm. you know, and um, to see his acting range as well, like, I've always known John Cena to do comedy, but the fact that he kind of did go in between so you could show what is it look like for a superhero that has mental health issues, that has had mm-hmm. um, daddy issues, and still looks to... Granted, his, his his form of justice can be a little miscons- misconstrued, depending on the type of situation, but has a preference for justice, and his dad was a whole villain, man. He's a racist so, villain. A racist villain at that, and that your moral compass is still to do the right thing. Right, yeah. So... I was a huge fan of it. Writing was great. Um, Storyline was absolutely perfect. And even at the at the end, you saw like a little, you know, tidbit of throwing in Aquaman at the very end. And just to see Jason Momoa and his flowing locks, that was just some, some, some icing on top of the cake. I thought it was a well-rounded show, absolutely phenomenal. Even, I, th- I think, I wasn't even attempting to watch it until you kept telling me, you need to watch this. And yeah. I think I binged it and I couldn't stop. Uh, it, that opening number it was probably what it got me interested. I'm like, okay, let's see how he does. And then that first episode, I'm like, I think I'm already hooked. I think the show's gonna be something really good. <laughs> um, it had that draw, that sense of humor I like. Uh, it had everything I expected it to be with James Gunn at the helm. I've been trying to get this character to be um, something that people can look at. So, mm-hmm. um, all four, I think that was a great great show looking forward to season two um 
What's your thoughts? And I'm not sure where you're where you're going with this, but I hate to jump it. But with since we're at heel, I might as well segue it. What's your thoughts with the the idea of James James Gunn's slate at this point of the direction he's going with DC? I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I that was actually a topic that I had written down was the takeover or the co cohesive vision of James Gunn and Peter Safran being that they are co-CEOs of DC Studios. So, uh, let's see here. We have, what is that? Blue Beetle, Aquaman, and another Joker coming up soon. So, it looks like Blue Beetle and Aquaman will be this year, and the next Joker will be next year. Wait, Aquaman 2, no, Aquaman 2 came out already, right? Did? Yeah. No, that's, it's, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's boycotting because of Amber Heard. That's the, you know, it's fine. Um, mm, well, that says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why this episode is called DC Oh No. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to read you a couple of things that I had up on here that I kind of wanted to touch base, especially with, because um, a lot of these films, they're just keeping certain things in, in the works that already started, right? But this is telling to what his aspect of what his uh, films are going to be, okay? So number one, this is something completely you can tell is James Gunn, and that's Creatures Commando. Another tidbit of no information characters featuring Frankenstein, Frankenstein's bride, GI robot, the weasel's going to be in there, and a few characters I don't even know are going to be his, his movies. Then you have Superman Legacy, which they're going to be casting a new Superman for. You're going to get a potential Waller film or TV show. Um, this was already in the works. This is going to be uh, the Batman Part 2 which with Robert Patterson. Uh-huh. Um, this is kind of exciting for me, and it's The Authority, which is a Wildstorm series. Completely not even DC. It's predicted, but they keep on saying it's going to happen. That, that is something you could definitely tell is James Gunn. Um, another one that they're predicting is Booster Gold. Um, they're still talking about the Green Lantern stuff. Um, they have a Supergirl film apparently uh, going to happen, and maybe another Wonder Woman film from what I can hear. Now, with all that being said, the, the things to call out there is if he's trying to make a universe, there's no major Batman in that universe to be announced yet. There's no major Superman to be announced in that universe yet, unless they decide Legacy is going to be the Superman of that universe. Um, they're wrapping up Wonder Woman, potentially. I, last I heard, that wasn't going to be a third one. Um, he's going with off-the-beaten characters that are no names like he did with Guardians. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I'm not... A- I'm certainly not opposed. I guess my only kickback would be if you're going to come up with a own universe of its own, you should definitely solidify a Batman and Superman because I don't care what you say. You look at DC's or you look at Justice League, those are honestly, if not the first two, then they are in the top five of the characters you are going to naturally associate yourself with first so i would like to to answer to give you a point 
they're apparently doing a Brave and the Bold, which will feature maybe a Batman and a Robin, from what I'm seeing right now. So the, okay. he is doing something based off of that. So the, I, I just found the whole site here. So apparently it's Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, a Swamp Thing something. DC Apparently DCU TV shows could be Creature Commando, Waller, Booster Gold, Lanterns, Paradise Lost, which would be a Wonder Woman thing. Gotcha. And, okay, yeah, and, I see it now. Gotcha. And The Authority is a film. So it looks like if I'm reading this, and the, if we're picturing the – because we're, we're so conditioned because of Marvel now, right? Superman's going to be its own thing. Batman and Robin's going to be its own thing. The super team that they're going to push is The Authority. Okay, and for listeners and also myself, can you just – authority can, you know, just kind of go ahead and shine some light on that. So I highly recommend if anyone has never read the authority books, go read them. So if you're, no one's familiar with the Wildstorm universe, this universe was created by Jim Lee back in the 90s when he left Marvel. It was his take of the characters that he wanted to do with Marvel. His universe – became something of its own thing called the Wildstorm universe. And in the Wildstorm universe, you had the Wildcats, which was the, supposed to be the primary team. And it was all, it was, the world was consumed by an, uh, animals. And, uh, I'm sorry, consumed by alien races being part of the, the race. And they acted superior. The Authority had some, some cool characters on them. One of them was a version of Superman named Apollo. They had a version called uh, a person named um, Midnighter. That was their version of Batman. Apollo and Midnighter were gay lovers. And they had a child. They adopted a child that's also one of the superheroes. Her name was um, Jenny Quantum. And she her, she's a century baby. So she lives the whole time through the century. The original person that started the authority was Jenny Sparks. She was the, the avatar for the 21st century or the 22nd or 20th century. She died at, uh, at midnight on 1999, and Jenny Quantum was born. Um, they also have um, the Engineer, who is a, a, literally a character that's literally pretty much all mechanisms over this point. Sheriff Barty was taken over. Um, they, had a, uh, they had the Doctor, who is literally the shaman of the world, pretty much. And they pretty much dominated over everyone, and they just did everything they can to protect the the world that they lived in uh-huh. they had some other characters too that i'm just like oh well it's more of a surprise for people to really read the books to get you more into it um but the the big thing that they were very known for was to live on this ship it was a living organism in the bleed of the dc universe so they stayed outside of time and space and can go to any technical universe that they wanted to but they stayed in the wildstorm to save the universe there was another one called, um, I forget his name, but literally he had, was able to communicate with cities. And as he touched them, he can read the whole city mapping and figure out what's going on, what's hurting the city. Hmm. Um, the books, the stories, phenomenal. I am excited. Um, there was a point when they brought them over into the New 52. Martian Manhunter was part of the team. They were a little relaxed on the, the edginess of the story, but it was still okay. And then just recently they had Superman bring them back as part of Superman and the Authority, but changed some of the characters. So not a lot of the originals were there. Um, highly, highly recommend that series. I am big on Marvel. I've always been a big DC fan, but Wildstorm will surprise you with a lot of good stories. 
Sorry, go ahead, continue. No, that was a phenomenal synopsis. <laughs> really Real quick, because we're getting close to time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, out of, do you have the list of uh, the DC universe, the potential DCU that is coming up in the future? So yeah, so this is so what we have then the DCU movie: Superman Legacy, The Authority, The Brave and the Bold, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which I think it's going to be the girl that's going to be in the Flash film. Just throwing that out there, okay. um, and Swamp Thing. That's what they're listing as TV shows. Uh, I'm listing as movies. Got it. And out of everything that you have mentioned thus far, is there anything, before we wrap up, that you are most excited to watch? The Authority, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're going to set a stamp different from Marvel, but give us something else, there's only one other film that ever comes to mind that could compete with the Avengers currently, and that's The Watchmen. Okay. Yeah. And you have a whole universe over here that you guys have been trying to push for years. Literally four years you've been trying to push the ideas of the Justice League, the Batmans, and the Superman having their own things. And you guys just keep on restarting it and restarting it and restarting it. You are literally starting with the authority. They are a team. They always operated as a team. This is your jumping point to give us something completely different that we have yet to see uh, at any of the comic book films. You mean your flashpoint? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, fair enough. <laughs> All right. I must say the the brave and the bold is something that mm-hmm. I will hint at because I just feel like out of Batman movies. And we don't have to go back to this, but a lot of Batman movies, I don't see a lot of ones that miss. So if you show me a Batman movie where it is potentially Damian Wayne Robin, who I'm a huge fan of, I am here for all that. And George Clooney, George Clooney is the the, <coughs> the crappiest one possible. Oh. All right, that's a debate for another day. <laughs> um, however, before we jump, because we do have a minute or two, real quick. Out of that names, I'll give it to you one more time. Superman Legacy, Authority, Brave and the Bold, and Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and Swapping. Which one are you not looking forward to? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's... uh, Actually, this... this, I feel like it it walks hand-in-hand for me, and the only reason I would say this is Swamp Thing, because I don't want them to butcher the CGI. Like, it has to be perfect. Like, I do want to see a good, really good Swamp Thing movie, it's just if you have the right pieces there to make it a great movie. So that would be my pick. I'm not looking forward to Superman Legacy because apparently it's going to um, be a re- sounds somewhat of a reboot of Man of Steel, but it's going to uh, focus more on his extraterrestrial life and coming to terms that he lives with humans and being a human-esque person. So. Yeah, I'm good. I, I, we can talk about Superman another day. I'm sure we can um, have a hard debate about that. Won't be too good. No. <laughs> no. Anyone's a Superman fan, do not turn in that day. Yes. <laughs> we'll give Seriously. you a week's notice. <laughs> you might want to skip that week. Yeah. <laughs> all right, sir. All in all, I did just, uh, real quick, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for everybody who has tuned in to listen and or download the podcast thus far we just want to say this is just the the beginning steps of a very long journey we plan on taking 
So any and all support that you have, we really appreciate it. Social media and way more uh, forms of information to contact us or either join in some of these debates and conversations that we're going to have is definitely going to be within the future. And we just want to say thank you for every to everybody in their ears as uh, you are dedicated, patient listeners. Thank you guys. Much appreciated. More to come, more cool things we're going to be doing as well that we are still working out. So Chase, as always, say goodbye to everyone. All right, everyone, have a great day. Be prosperous, be precise, and be out. Fair enough.